Hey, you found the podcast where all the really cool kids hang out. Welcome to the club. It's the Shaleen Show. Your host was once stopped by airport security and asked to step out of line to sign a few autographs and almost missed her flight. Yeah, I almost missed my flight because this lady at the um, like little check through the security station that you go through, what are they called? I forget. But, you know, they, they check you to make sure you're not carrying on any weapons and this woman who was working in that station was like, oh my God, oh my God, are you Shalene Johnson? I'm like, why, yes, I am. I'm always like really excited when someone recognized me when I don't have my hair in a ponytail. And let's just face it, at the point that this happened, I didn't have a lot of shows on the air, so I wasn't getting recognized in public that much. Not that it's like a great thing, but it's kind of cool when it does happen when you're with your family, because then you're like, (laughs) yeah. Anyways, there's my fan. And so she's like, can I get a picture with you? And I'm like, well, sure. And she goes, okay, hold on. And then she left to, I assume, go get her phone or maybe put some lipstick on. And I waited and I waited and I waited and I waited. And Brett was like, Shalene, it's been like eight minutes. We're going to like miss our flight. I'm like, I have a fan and she wants a picture of me and we are going to wait right here until she comes back or until somebody else recognizes me. And uh, we just kept waiting and she never came. I don't know where she went. So to my one fan someplace in the Chicago O'Hare airport, I still owe you a photo and I don't know where you went. I'm kind of curious, but in my mind, I've imagined that you went to go get a pen and then you, one of your coworkers was having a heart attack and you had to give them CPR. So it was like a really good reason, but wah, wah. Yeah, I don't get recognized as often as you might think. Not as often as this guy. I also haven't sold over 985 million. Yes, that's almost a billion. $985 million in sales fitness-related sales. That's what my next guest has accomplished in his lifetime. We're about to do an interview with the one, the only, Tony Horton. I consider him my big brother. I joined the Beachbody family long after he had debuted P90. And since that time, he's done P90X, 10-Minute Trainer. Oh my gosh, so many other programs. And now he's developed a line of food for people to eat that's healthy and unprocessed and convenient. So convenient, you can actually find it at many 7-Elevens. We're about to spend some time with the one, the only, the man, Tony Horton. Tony, what's up? Are you there? Shalene, my dear, how are you? I'm awesome. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Oh, well, it's such a pleasure to be here. It's so great to hear your voice. And uh, I'm fired up to disseminate some some nuggets that might inspire, educate, motivate, uh, and everything else that goes with <laughs> You're that. You're going to drop some knowledge on us today, big time. I mean, I just want people to be happy and joyous and and moving forward, you know, and, and, uh, and for a guy who struggled quite a bit as a wee lad um you know there's a secret formula that's that that's not rocket science that that anybody could apply to their life i hear you bring up happiness and we've known each other now for 10 plus years i think you you mention happiness a lot now and being joyful and kind of like this interesting approach to life that i don't remember when we first met is this kind of a revelation you've had or a transition or tell me a little bit about that well, I don't know. A lot of people have mid midlife crises. Mm-hmm. I, I have like sort of a midlife satori. It's sort of the Japanese word for you know moment of enlightenment. And mm. and yeah, because at at my age, at fifty six, 
it, it's the reasons for for training and eating right have changed tr dramatically since when I was in my 20s and 30s when you know you and I first met um, because it's not about tape measures and scales and and dress sizes which I don't really usually care about personally but <laughs> uh, but you know waist sizes or whatever it is uh, those types of things those types of approach to fitness have always been very ego based it's really mm -hmm. more about you know, your, your hopes and dreams, uh, for people's opinions about your awesomeness. <laughs> and, uh, and that's, that, that's a very ephemeral approach to it. I think uh, mm -hmm. it's a very short term approach. A lot of times it's, it's not sustainable. And, you know, our job, our job is to be able to turn on the light so that people gravitate to it, uh, continuously, consistently with, with a sense of purpose that inspires and motivates and educates, right? So, I mean, in my, my book, uh, The Big Picture, that's what it's about. Those 11 laws are about figuring out the formula so that this no longer becomes complicated, that it becomes joyful, that it becomes interesting, that it becomes fun to share with other people because it's not like you're swallowing bullets anymore. You're just, you're training because you want to go on that climb. You're training because you want to go on that mountain bike. You're training because you want to go to Europe and and, and tour on, on your street bike. Yeah. And, you know, I, I train hard because I I love my little gymnastics routine on Sundays. That's really fun for me. And I love skiing hard. And so the one thing about skiing is I, I'm, I'm forced to train the part of my body which I'd rather ignore, which is my lower half, you mm -hmm. know. So so it's just, you know, working on, on a, a new perspective, a new approach, a new purpose that is not so ego-based. You said that you, there, you kind of had a moment or an epiphany, kind of an awakening. Can you really attribute that to like a moment or a particular experience? It really was about a one-year time frame. It wasn't any particular mm -hmm. day or week or something. It was just a series of things uh, that were happening to me over the course of about a year. You know, a lot of the things that I was practicing was working consistently. There was a period early on when I, I knew what to do and I knew what to eat. I just didn't do it very often. I did it occasionally. Mm -hmm. And so I, I suffered from, which I think a lot of people do, uh, from something I call exercise bipolar disorder. You know, you're you're working out for a couple of days and you're on it and you're eating well and then whatever. You just feel like blowing it off and drinking a six-pack of beer during a ball game and doing nothing. And then there's certainly the after effect of that and you don't work out for a couple of days. So you go through these emotional roller coasters when you don't need to do that. You know, there's a lot of things that we do on a daily basis that, so that we can survive like everybody else. You know, we brush our teeth. We want to keep our teeth. We eat our regular meals. Sometimes they're healthy. Sometimes they're not. Of course, we got to show up to work every day because we got to pay the bills. And, and that's most people. You know, you and I were talking about uh, the percentage of people who show up to a class, right? And, and uh, there's right. maybe 10% that just get it. They're fired up. They're focused. They work out all the time. Yes. It's who they are. It's who they are. It's who they are. And then 90% are just like, oh, this is brutal. This hurts my back. It's partly because they're, they're super inconsistent with it. So, mm -hmm. so when you train with the focus of I want to be better today, because I know that if I eat right and exercise, I'm automatically better today. I don't have to wait 30 or 60 or 90 days for some sort of a, an aesthetic shift in my appearance, right? I mean, everybody, we, how do we sell our stuff before and after pictures, right? And, right. and uh, but what really matters is, how you feel the second you're done with your workout. That's that's the joy. That's where the confidence comes in. That's where the energy comes in. That's where the Im improvement physically, mentally, and emotionally comes in. And it comes in right away. But if you don't work out for two or three days, then there's that sort of lull. You know what I mean? You've, you're, you've no longer released the norepinephrine, dopamine, serotonin, all these really phenomenal feel-good drugs that come from physical movement. So 
moving physical has everything to do with my level of productivity, my willingness to solve problems, my desire to uh, to you know jump into new new adventures. You know, for example, Tony Horton Kitchen. Tell me about that. We have Seven Elevens here, and for those people who don't know, I walked into a Seven Eleven. I'm like, what in the heck? Healthy food at Seven Eleven, and then I saw your name. Freaky, right? So this is it's amazing. Tell me about this. Well, it's been a long journey, but anything worth pursuing is going to take some time. And initially, we had a home delivery food service, which was organic food, free range, wild fish, the whole nine yards. Mm -hmm. And the problem with it was, as great as an idea as it was, and it was quasi-successful for a a very finite group of people, the meals averaged out around $9 to $14 a pop. Now, typically, you've got to eat three of those a day. Mm-hmm. And and three fourteen dollar meals was way out of the uh, the price range for a lot of mm. people. And then uh, because of it, though, it was a stepping stone really for us. Because of it, Seven Eleven came to us and said, "We love this idea. You know, obviously we've had tremendous success, but we understand that it's 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 changing. That, that there's a trend toward healthier lifestyles. So, but food is we know we know that food is health and exercise is fitness. And for and for you to have everything that you want in this world, you got to have both. Right. And convenience is everything. A lot of people don't cook anymore. They don't know how to cook healthy meals anymore. They're eating processed food, factory food, fast food. And so the one thing about 7-Eleven is they have these commissaries and these access to healthy foods at prices that we co- certainly couldn't at our, in our tiny little, you know, organic farm up in, up in uh, Ventura County. Sure. And so now the meals are down between four and a half and six and a half dollars plus. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, it's at 7-Eleven. It's in, it's in, you know, the, the refrigerated section. How do we have preservatives? How have you been able to keep this healthy? Well, there are no preservatives, no, no chemicals, nothing like that. No, no, uh, the glycemic index is low on, on the juices because there's a lot of vegetables in them. There are as many vegetables as there are fruits in them. And, uh, the two wraps, the two salads and the two sandwiches. Our, our whole grain. We have we have vegetarian options. We have obviously we have chicken and, and turkey options as well. The tricky part is is making sure that each one of these franchisee owners, these Seven Elevens, especially when a brand new product comes out, because most people are walking in there buying you know uh, hot dogs wrapped with bacon and, and <laughs> Slurpees, right, and a six pack of beer, and right, a right, bottle, right. We're now down to the point where we know exactly how many order, and quite often the bummer is is that when people find out about them in certain stores. They're selling out. Mm. You, know, you walk in there and go, oh, where's my black beans? Well, that's great for you. Really good. Yeah. And, and you can't launch something like this in all 10,000 stores in 7-Eleven. It's just way right. too much of an investment. So the hope and the dream is through conversations like the one we're having, through social media, through word of mouth, that more and more people understand that there are super healthy food options in 7-Eleven, at least in 107 stores in the San Fernando Valley. Well, it's one of those things where people complain that it's difficult to eat healthy. It's difficult to eat unprocessed because they need convenience. And so if you're listening to this and you want to pay it forward and you want to say thank you and you want to help us be able to deliver the kind of things that people say that they need quickly and in a convenient location, then go out to 7-Eleven and check your local 7-Eleven. If they don't have it, ask for it. And if they do, pick up a couple of meals, send us a tweet. What's your Twitter, Tony? Tony underscore Horton, I think, you know. All right. So lame that I don't know the answer. I understand. My people will put your link in my blog notes. So, and I'm at Shalene Johnson. Send us a twit pic of you with your Tony Horton kitchen uh, and let us know what you think and let's help spread the word. Tony, are you a vegetarian? Used to be. Okay. Tell me about that. I get a lot of questions on the show 
Um, should I go vegan? You know, what, what does it mean for my health if I go vegetarian? So what is your position on it today? You know, it's very interesting. It's, it's a great question. And I was vegan vegetarian on and off uh for about 15 to 17 years but the but the truth be told i was more of a faux vegan vegetarian than than anything else <laughs> you know i was eating a lot of cookies and crackers and chips and snacks that were you know way too many carbs sure they were low in this and high glycemic i mean low glycemic or whatever but i was eating a lot of uh, you know veggie pizzas and a lot of mexican food without chicken in it or something but it wasn't it wasn't true veganism and when mm -hmm. I was younger, you know, my metabolism was pretty good. I, I'm type A anyway. I have, I have a pretty good metabolism. So so I was able to kind of get away with that. And, um, you know, every, everything I ate was typically, you know, uh, a wrap or a, sal a salad or a sandwich or a, some kind of soup or goulash. And then I met Shauna. I met my, my fiance, Shauna. And... Um, and she's a phenomenal cook. I, I had a private chef for a while that was vegan, vegetarian, Missy Costello, who I'm sure you know, who, who cooks amazing food. Mm -hmm. But as I got into my 50s, I was noticing it was harder for me to keep muscle mass on. I, I didn't quite mm. have the energy that I was having before. I'm sure I wasn't getting the amino acids that I needed to kind of build muscle. And Shauna was making elk and bison and buffalo and wild fish. And, you know, here, here I was eating my gruel and she was, she was grilling this incredible flesh. And <laughs> and, uh, and I just said, you know what? Let me try that chicken. And <laughs> my body didn't freak out. And I just felt better. I had more energy. I didn't have to eat as often. And so my philosophy now is, I like last night, I ate a pure paleo meal. The night before, I ate a, a pure uh, vegan meal. So, so now what I've done hmm. is I've got more options. I just make sure that all of it's clean. I just okay. make sure that... I just make sure that I look down at my plate and I recognize that those ingredients that mm. maybe my great, 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 great grandparents would recognize as well. Now I have more options. I just eat super healthy food. I try to find out where the source is. I try to eat as organic as often as I can. All my intake is either wild, um, organically fed or free range. That, <laughs> that's vital for me. Let me ask you a question. You're 56 years old. Your body is amazing. Your energy level is through the roof. and I mean, you're just really a testament to what our bodies should be able to look like. Why is it you think so many people, they hit their mid-40s and they look back on their 30s as being in the time when they're in the best shape of their lives, and they really just start to accept the fact that, well, I'm losing muscle mass, well, all of my friends are thick around the middle, and wh why is it so many people, you think believe what you are is an anomaly and are, do you think you're an anomaly no no I, I that's a great question too shaleen by the way and i think the answer is, is uh, two or three things in particular N number one quite often people when they when they get a little bit older it certainly does get harder and as yes. a result of it getting harder quite often people are not willing to change their their training techniques i mean if you look at pio for example you know, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm assuming that that's probably 75% women, 25% uh, guys. But, it, but if more men mm -hmm. bought Pio, yeah. then they wouldn't ha run into the problems that they're having. I think a lot of women who've been doing cardio and, and Pilates and yoga forever mm -hmm. began to weight train. They would see drama a dramatic shift in their physique, uh, their posture, uh, and obviously the shape and look of their body. So you say people really have to change it up, and I agree. I think that what you said was so profound that people aren't willing, because they think that change it up means, well, I'm going to have to go harder, which isn't necessarily true. Do you agree? 
I agree hundred percent. What you need to go, where you need to go is different, mm. different. I, I, I'm gonna tell you a perfect example for me is, you know, I've been in this routine that's worked pretty well for me most of the time and I changed things up quite a bit, but it's still within the realm of a lot of the things I already know to do. And my spectrum is large to begin with. You know, I go to the, I go to the UCLA track and I run sprints. Um, I do yoga on Saturdays. Uh, I try to take different yoga classes from different instructors, but it's as difficult as it is and as hard as each one is because each one's a little bit different. What I really need to begin to do is start training with, with, with people who are outside of my field. I was in mm. Jackson Hole and I went to this place called Mountain Athlete and uh, we did these complexes called Quadzillas and uh, everybody in the room was in their 20s and 30s and here I am 56. And even based on on uh, the stuff that I already do, I do a lot, I do, I do plyometrics twice a week because of skiing. Uh, I had my, excuse my French, ass handed to me. <laughs> <laughs> and and I loved it. I yes. absolutely loved loved being awful. I loved being <laughs> the first guy in the room. And back in the day, even ten years ago, I wouldn't take on that challenge because as a guy, you know, in my position with whatever no notoriety that I supposedly have, I didn't want to be in a situation where I didn't look very good. Mm, yeah. And I guess what? I'm over it. I'm yeah. over it. And I just I walk in there and I tell I tell everybody, hey, I know I'm the P90X guy, yada yada. Don't let this look fool you because I've never done this routine before. Yeah. I have no idea what the sequence is. This is this is brand new to me. So feel free to laugh at me periodically while I you know I stumble my way through it. And they all go, oh, cool. All right. So the expectations are gone. Uh, I get get through it. And so, for example, uh, Brian Sweeney, who's our our, our uh, master trainer for P90X certification. Yeah, I love him. Great guy, so knowledgeable. You know, he ran me through a, a shoulders and buy and try routine the other day, and I was able to feed myself only just this morning. <laughs> you know, so it, that's so it's fun. Just about finding, you got. Well, look, you're a phenomenal mentor. Let's face facts. You've helped so many people. Thanks. But it doesn't mean people in our position can't go out and search for for different ones and new ones. And so should anybody and everybody else who is stuck in that. 30s to 40s transition where they feel like, uh oh, what's going on here? It's just, it's just yes. turning up the volume a little bit, making sure that you're super consistent and just being bad at things uh, and discovering new things. I love that. It's so true. And I am much like you was at a stage where I, I didn't want to be the person in the room who everyone said, oh, there's the expert in look at her, she sucks. And now I've kind of gotten to the stage where I'm looking for things where I can almost humble myself because I, I so feel the reward when I'm done of like, wow, every neuron in my body was awake trying to figure out what the heck we were doing. And I want to master these new crazy things because it makes you feel alive. It makes you feel young and make it just, it does all the things you're supposed to feel. Well, here's another thing too. If you look at, if you look at your career and my career, we keep moving forward. There's a lot of people in our industry that are gone. And the reason why they're gone is because they weren't willing to, to get uncomfortable and think outside of their comfort zone and, and try new things. And uh, mixed martial arts, for example, they're in, they're in, you know, you've always been great at teaching that. For me, I just felt like a clown, you know what I mean? I, I mean, <laughs> like if, if I could do a mime workout, it'd be all over it. But, <laughs> but, but, the, uh, but the mixed martial right. arts was a tough one for me because I was terrible. But now I, I feel pretty good with a lot of trial and error, with working with some really good people, always working on my technique, taking great classes and, and bumbling around, but getting better every time and being okay with the process. You know, one of the, yes. one of the words that you hear a lot here in Los Angeles mm -hmm. is mindfulness, you know, yeah. just being present, being okay with what's actually happening, learning to slow down, not trying to sort of, you know, win every battle, just, just being 
aware of what's happening while it's happening and being okay with that. I love that. Learning to enjoy the growth. I mean, you're a skier and I, I grew up skiing and I took up snowboarding because I did it once and had a lesson and I just fell the entire time and I thought, okay, this is something I want to get good at. Like I, I want to be able to grow. And I think if we can convince people that you're only going to get better the more you put yourself in these situations where you're experiencing growth from a physical standpoint, from a spiritual standpoint, you know, learning to be in a relationship, all of those things, growth makes us, growth makes us better. Well, you know, I, I say it in the book, and there's two things that we choose in our life, uh, two things that we control, and that's whether we exercise and what we want to put in our mouth, right? So if you look at the rest of your life, those are really the only two things that you have 100% control of. Life, like, you know, traffic and family and weather and, and stock exchange and ISIS and Ebola, we don't, have, we don't have much control over any of that. But if we do the two things, and the only two things that we have 100% control over, all the other aspects of our life, the ones that are slightly out of control, are just, just a whole lot easier to deal with, and, and it's much easier to problem solve, and it just keeps the smiles coming. You know, it keeps the smiles coming, it keeps the laughter coming, it keeps the confidence up, and you can sleep better. And, you know, the idea here is to get into your 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s and not need meds and not need to, you know, to rely on your doctor and pharmacist to just kind of get through the day. And, and what you do, Shalene, and what I do uh, is it, we provide that right. service. You know, I mean, obviously, we're not there to feed you at every meal. That's truly the big conundrum for most people. You know, if you, got the, if you have access to convenient, healthy food and you know what to do in your own house without having to go to the gym, yeah. You're kind of set. And so everything else just gets easier. Yes. But people are afraid of change. They just yeah. assume that because their situation is so bad right now that it's it's going to stay bad. It's who they are. That's what they are. That's what their culture is, what their parents handed down. It's all bull. I mean, I was a kid with a speech impediment, C minus average, last kid picture for every team, moved six times before fifth grade. You know, I mean, I contemplated suicide a few times as a, as a young teenager um, and I was miserable. I was a miserable, scared kid. And, and I said no to everything. And I'm the opposite of that because of the two things I can control, what I eat and what I do. Wow. Speaking of which, how many days a week do you work out? Or do, are you doing something physical? I try to go six. I try mm -hmm. to go six. And sometimes if, if I'm in a good rhythm and I'm not traveling and my workload is, is pretty low, I'll, I'll end up working out 14, 15 days in a row, and I mm -hmm. realize, oh, damn, I should probably take a take a break. But I train in such a way so that I can come back the next day. Yes. That's the key. I, I can't do um, Tabata, you know, six days a week. Right. You know what I mean? I can't do mountain athlete six days a week. I can't run a 10K six days a week. The variety aspect of all my programs is exactly how I train. So we're talking to 56-year-old Tony Horton in an ideal week. Tell me how many days a week would you be doing strength training? Would you be practicing yoga? Would you be doing plyometrics? You know, obviously this is going to change. But generally speaking, um, you know, I have to tell people very frankly, I, I, I'm not working out three days a week. I'm, I'm, I'm setting a goal of seven and letting life interrupt one of those days and not freaking out about it. So if I can get six, that's great. And I'm not doing that for physical reasons. I'm doing that so I don't kill someone, you know, like that's my drug. I just don't want to lie to people and say, yeah, I only have to work out 20 minutes, three times a week. It, that just isn't my gig. And I would love for people to know at your age, at your level of success, at the amount of creativity and energy that you have, 
I know that exercise factors into that. So share with us a perfect week. Well, it's funny because your your breakdown of mm. your week is exactly like mine. I schedule seven so that way there's a greater likelihood that I'll show up for six. Yes. And then sometimes I actually show up for seven. So my average week starts out with a Monday night plyometric routine. And the one thing too when it comes to consistency is I always try to surround myself mm -hmm. with like-minded friends and people to kind of play and compete with, right? So Monday nights are uh, right here in my, in my gym, in my backyard, and we have anywhere from four to 12 people that show up for that because I absolutely despise that routine. <laughs> but I also understand its importance, right? So there's two kinds of love, the, the love that you have for certain routines that are just fun and the love for the kinds of routines that you probably hate, but you love the results. Right. right. So it's plyo on Monday nights. Uh, Tuesday mornings right now in the cycle I'm in is kind of a shoulders and arms routine. And sometimes I work out at night and sometimes I work out in the morning just, just because that's how it works for my schedule. Mm -hmm. You know, some days I do, sometimes I don't. So Monday night plyo, uh, Tuesday shoulders and arms. Wednesday is my uh, cardio day, just kind of pure cardio. And I don't, I have a bunch of different machines in my, in my gym a Versa climber, a bike, a treadmill, a, a, a jump rope station, a set of stairs, a slide, slide board, a ski machine, and a rowing machine. Okay. So because I have, um, you know, attention deficit disorder, <laughs> I'll, I'll just do those machines five minutes each, three. And then um, this morning I was up there with my friend Matt, it was just a couple of us, sometimes it's as many as four, all chest and back, my, my favorite day because I'm, I'm strong in those areas. So it's mm. a bunch of pull-ups, a bunch of push-ups. Weight, uh, weight training and sometimes lat pull downs and stuff. Friday is uh, another fun day for me. It's a ski day. It's called boxes and balls. It's all stability ball stuff, core stuff on a stability ball and, uh, and plyometric stuff for skiing. So we jump up onto plyo boxes and, uh, and up and over slack lines. Uh, Saturday is always yoga. I either go to Ted McDonald's yoga, five point yoga in Malibu, or I'll go to Ish Moran's class, uh, at, uh, Maha yoga in the afternoon at four. And then Sunday is my, you know, sometimes it's a double header. I'll go to I'll go to UCLA track, do two hours at UCLA track, running sprints, um, hundreds, two hundreds, four hundreds. Wow! And then, and then uh, I'll take about an hour off, go up in my backyard, and do a two to three hour gymnastic routine. How long have you been doing gymnastics? Well, it's kind of gy gymnastics for old guys. So <laughs> we, we climb ropes, we do handstand push-ups uh, on parallel bars. There's a pegboard, a campus board. You know, we do a lot of uh, a lot of core fitness on 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 a high bar. We do levers, pullovers. Uh, we have rings. We do muscle ups on the rings. So cool. You know, we're not doing floor work. We're not, we're not doing yeah. like round off back hamstring hamstring. Uh, uh, what am I saying? Handsprings. Handsprings. Yes. You. Uh, you know, into double knee tuck and yeah. like that. But it's okay. just pure you know, body weight on, on uh, equipment. Well, I'm looking at this list and there's just massive amounts of um, variety. And that's where I think the sustainability comes in. You know, we're, we're coming up on the end of, I know I just have a limited amount of time with you today. You've got another appointment waiting in the wings. So if I can put you on the spot and ask you if I can have you back on the show to talk again about this incredible, just amazing community that you have built. It's, it's pretty remarkable. Absolutely. I, I really, I mean, I love hanging out with you, girlfriend. Come on. <laughs> I'd love to do that. That would be great. I know people are are curious and, and I think so many people assume it's just like knowing the right person and a lot of luck, but it's not. It's, it's very intentional and I commend you for what you've done for building and taking care of such a strong, loyal community of P90Xers and just people who, I mean, just millions and millions of people. You are a 
Uh, you're a pop sensation. You're in rap songs. It's just the coolest thing. And you still stay level-headed and you're in it. Like you don't just talk it, you live it, you walk it. So I want to leave people with just, if you could give them one one thing that you think will help people understand how to stay at this, not for six months, not for a year, but to stay at this for the course of your life. What one piece of advice will help people to sustain? Oh, I think it's it's a combination of three things. Three things that wrap into one. You need a plan. You need to know what to do and when you're going to do it. And you need to write all that down in advance. So, you know, you look at your month of, of, of uh, November coming up. You should have written down in your own handwriting on a calendar somewhere posted either on your front door, bathroom mirror, or refrigerator what time your workouts are going to be and what you're going to do. And then you hang a red magic marker on that, on that calendar and you make a red X. Hashtag amen. Right? right. And so you look at your calendar and you got 22 red X's, you're probably moving in the right direction. If you got 15, that means you've taken 15 days off. Mm -hmm. That's number one. Um, another one is, is a purpose, a purpose above and beyond the aesthetic, above mm. and beyond your ego, mm. above and beyond what you would like other people to say about your appearance. Mm. It works for models and bodybuilders. Everybody else is, you know, just trying to get through their day. So your purpose should be something in regards to improving your energy, improving the quality of your day today, giving you more confidence and working toward building a much more interesting, exciting, adventurous life. I love that. What you and I do, in my opinion, is indoor training for the outside world. So mm -hmm. it just gives you the confidence to try things you've never done before. So you can look back at your life and go, holy crap, look what I've done. It's because you took care of yourself. Mm -hmm. And last but not least is, is uh, look at the, the five people you hang around the most most, you know, and so if they're mm. busy, if they're active, if they're cool, if they're funny, if they want to go on that, that mountain biking ride. I mean, you know, if, if you were stuck hanging out with world-class surfers for a year, you'd probably turn out to be a pretty good surfer. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying, if you're hanging out with people smoking crack on the couch, watching reruns <laughs> of I Love Lucy, you're probably going to end up in rough shape. Find out who your gang is. Mm -hmm. And if they ain't doing much, then, you know, it doesn't mean you abandon them completely. Maybe you can inspire them at some point. But go find some really cool people. And if you can't find them in your house, find them in your neighborhood, find them at the local school or find them online. They're around. Tony Horton, you are the man. Thank you so much for this time together. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, Shalene, I can't wait for the next one. I hope you enjoyed spending a little bit of time with myself and Tony. I hope that you're inspired by his story and just the way he lives his life. If you'd like to know more about Tony, please go to TonyHortonLife.com. And again, don't forget, I love knowing what part of these interviews and these podcasts really stuck with you. So send me a tweet, at Shaleen Johnson, or please go on my last Instagram post. Oh, geez, for that matter, wherever you are in social media, just hit me up on my last post. Use the hashtag, The Shaleen Show, and just tell me what you enjoyed about this episode. And once again, thank you as always for taking the time to go to your desktop and write a review about this show. It is so incredibly important. It helps me get the word out. It's how we rank in iTunes. It's how we are able to serve more people. And I refresh every single day. It's one of the first things that I do is I wake up and I, I read whatever you've written me. So thank you for those. I love you. And until we have a chance to spend some time together again, Hopefully very soon. I just want you to know, you know what's coming. You are the bomb.com, baby. I love you.